You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott. Welcome back, everybody. Pastor Scott Show, 888-528-2557. Hour two. We are on Stormwatch 2023, looking out the window. They say, the LA Times says that it's going to rain again this year like it did last year. Uh, That's what I guess scientists are predicting, uh, which is interesting because last year they said it wasn't going to rain at all. So I don't know if it's, maybe we're going to have another drop. Anyway, hey, you know, something I wanted to follow up on a story happened this week where there were about 100 people arrested for alleged child sex abuse and uh, 13 children were rescued in an international operation um, that uh, was around the world. There were 79 arrests, according to the FBI, 65 indictments and 43 convictions over the past two years and 19 uh, people arrested even in Australia. And the arrest has come after two FBI agents were shot dead while in 2021 while executing a search warrant in Sunrise, Florida, uh, to a computer programmer who was linked to the ring. This is one of the officers in Australia talking about the arrest. Operation Bacchus kicked off in 2022 as a result of information that was provided by the FBI to the ACE in relation to Australian members of a peer-to-peer network allegedly sharing child abuse material online. This has been a complex investigation. Members of this network were using encryption and other methods to avoid law enforcement detection whilst they were sharing videos and files of child abuse material. Uh, This This is something that was going on for a long time. And you know what? I'm bringing it up because that movie uh, Sound of Freedom, have you seen it? Uh, A lot of people have seen Sound of Freedom. It's what? It's over uh, almost $170 million that movie is made. It was supposed to make between seven and 15 million. And I bring it up because I just want to emphasize to you, in case you are somebody who has just heard that it's some kind of right-wing conspiracy theory movie, which they still plug out there, some in the media. You know, Rolling Stone magazine said it was a movie for dads with brain worms. That this was just, that it, and the movie, here's an interesting thing about this movie. It's also called a Christian movie and, or a religious movie. The New York Times uh, just reported, you know, uh, called it a conservative hit about child predators and um, another, uh, the Guardian newspaper said, Sound of Freedom, the religious QAnon-adjacent child smuggling film. And the thing is, it's interesting. If you've seen that movie, number one, it's not made by, it's, it was released and distributed by Angel Studios, which actually is a Mormon company, uh, and they had nothing to do with the development of the movie. It was developed many years ago, before there even was a a QAnon theory, and QAnon is a conspiracy thing that uh, has developed the last couple of months. I recommend you not get into that. Uh, And uh, But these headlines continue, and part of the sad part to me is that the subject of child trafficking should not be partisan. This is not left and right. This is not Republicans and Democrats or Trump or Biden or it shouldn't have anything to do with any of that. And I think for most of us, it doesn't. I think most of us know. But there is this this movement to politicize it. And I think that's because not because of the trafficking as much as because of the the current issues 
regarding gender and other stuff. It's an inconvenient um, thing going on in the world, but it's very, very real. And uh, it's happening all over the world. And what's being described here is very similar to what was uh, dealt with in that movie, which, by the way, is a true story. If you listen to the reporting, it goes along this way as well. This operation was highly complex. And the the FBI sent 211 international lead packages to our countries. These lead packages included information needed by our international partners to bring justice to our children and to their families. Today, we celebrate the rescue of 13 children. 13 kids got rescued. That's a big part of what that movie is about, by the way, is that there is a lot of work going on to arrest people who are the predators and who promote the children, uh, child pornography and some other terrible things. But what about these kids? Who's protecting these kids? Who's rescuing these kids who are a part of it? And I just want to emphasize the reason I'm playing this for you, and maybe you're listening and you're a person who has just doubted whether or not this is a, a big deal in the world. Maybe you saw that movie and you thought, that's interesting, but this doesn't really happen. I've heard that it doesn't happen. And that, you know, the parts of that story, there are some things for sure that are changed for a movie. You know, you can't tell the whole story in two hours. And, you know, there, there any true story, you're going to have a Hollywood you know, reasoning for changing certain facts and certain things just to make the story flow better on film. Okay, that's part of it. But the the general story of what happened where uh, a guy named Tim Ballard, who used to work for Homeland Security, worked for Homeland Security at the time, went to Central America, and they literally set up an island resort that was there to do two things. It was there to capture uh, these criminals who are trafficking kids, and enticing kids away from their families and get them into the trafficking situation and to arrest the people who are doing that and to rescue the kids. You can Google it. This really happened, and it was successful. They created, you know, like a Jeffrey Epstein type of island type of thing, and all these people went, and they showed up in this island, and they were just going to do some awful, awful things, and they all got arrested. This kind of thing is happening all the time in the world today. It isn't just it wasn't just a one time thing. This is for real. And, you know, I feel like sometimes the world today tell me if you if you think this sometimes, and maybe you you realized that you weren't correct. Sometimes I think that we hear the insanity and the sickness of our world today, and sometimes we just want to deny it. We just say, nah, that can't be. You know, human beings are good. We wouldn't have that kind of evil. You always run into problems when we when we start to make people generally good, because generally speaking, while there's a lot of things that people do that are good, there's an awful lot of evil. And the most heinous evil that you see uh, around the world, it's not something new, and it's something that's still going on. And I think this is one of them. This is, it's a horrific crime. It is absolutely horrific. And, you know, it's good news that the FBI and global organizations were working on this. It worries me that, you know, what it doesn't worry me. It bothers me that a couple FBI agents had to get killed to maybe make this effort so much bigger. I can understand that motivation for sure. I get it. Um, And what's interesting, too, is if you watch the movie, they got killed in the beginning of that movie. They go in and arrest uh, somebody who's on his computer uploading this terrible stuff. And that's what happened to these agents. They go in to arrest this person, and except they get killed. In the movie, they don't get killed. 
not trying to spoil it for you. Uh, but that's there. This is something that is going on all the time. Why do we lie about it? Is it because we don't want to face it that this goes on in our humanity? Are we, you know, I think there's some people who want to justify it, but I think for most people, it's just hard to talk about. It's hard to bring up the evils that are going on. And then it gets worse when we say it's going on right here in our own town, where it's happening in Southern California, where we are the hub of human trafficking, that one of the worst parts of the border crisis is that the kids, the unaccompanied minors who are coming across the border are getting trafficked. And that has happened right here in uh, Pomona. We're at Pomona. People volunteered to help these kids find sponsors to stay with in the United States. And the sponsors who they got connected with were traffickers. Not all of them, many of them. And we're in a situation where we sort of don't know. We think we're helping the kids, but then it turns out that we're not. This is a real evil. We got to pray about it. We got to be involved in the process. This is why some of the politics that's going on in the area of what we teach our kids sexually, there is a belief, I think, that it doesn't matter that kids are capable of of dealing with sexual things even at a young age. And that is not true. The reason that we think this is horrifying you know, the reason that hopefully your church and your your kids' ministry uh, scans people who are volunteers. Do you do that? We do that, right? It's uh, We used to say at our church, uh, in God we trust, all others are screened. And, you know, if you objected to that, if you said, well, I'm not filling out anything, you, don't, you should be able to trust me. No, we don't. We don't trust anybody. You seem like a nice guy. You seem like a nice person. And uh, if you were, if you are... Uh, then you fill out the little form and we find out if you're on the list, you know, the sex offender list. Or And if you are, you don't get to work in our kids' department and we're going to keep you away from the kids. And if you don't want to do it, then you don't get to work in the kids' department, no matter how nice we think you are or how many kids that you have. And it's because we live in a horrific world. We live in a, a world where people do just wicked and evil things to kids. And that outside of whatever political agenda we have, we know that this is bad for kids. We know that there is something that's important about kids having their innocence. I'll tell you what, as a parent, it's hard to explain it, but you protect your kid's innocence as long as you can in a world where that is harder and harder to do. Somehow my parents protected me from, from stuff, right? We, and it was a different world, right? We had three lousy TV stations, Right. And uh, I grew up at the I was a little kid towards the end of the Vietnam War and then the crisis of Watergate. And, you know, I didn't I don't remember any of it. And I don't remember seeing it on the news. Sure, my parents must have watched news, but I bet they didn't watch it with me around. There must have been visuals of things from Vietnam in some of the worst parts of that war. There must have been tensions that I think kids I think I would have noticed in the politics of the of the world, I certainly noticed when I got older. At some point, the you know, I started to realize, oh, we got we got crisis of of confidence in our country. I understood that the malaise area uh, era of Jimmy Carter. I was a little kid, but I I understood it. I understood that this is not the direction a country should go. I think at some point, your your innocence goes away. You start to realize, hey, that the world is a tricky place. The world is a dark place. But I think as a parent, you want to hold back on that as much as you can and just let the kids play and not worry about it. 
And so what we see so often is an attack on that. When you have the uh, drag queen uh, library readings for kids, there's no drag queen readings for old folks in old folks' homes. Are there? Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, but, th- you know, why is that? If it's just about reading books, if it's just about promoting, you know, kids and reading or old people and reading, there's there's all kinds of library days for people in the home. There's all kinds of things you can do for people of all ages who need help. Why is it just the kids? See, that's the question that people ask. That's the that's the thing that we were, and it happens in churches sometimes. Abuses and uh, the worst things, or in preschools, or in places where everybody should be caring most about the kids. It happens. It's real. It happens all the time, and it's happening here. By the way, we like to talk about, uh, if you're interested in child trafficking uh, and ending it, and part of this, go to uh, Zoe International, uh, gozoe.org, G-O-Z-O-E.org. There's a lot you can learn there. They work right here in Southern California to rescue kids, to get kids out of this situation that we're seeing on the news, that we're seeing everywhere. Don't put your head in the sand on this. Just don't. And it's it's just, we can't. We have to be involved this way. And don't politicize it. Because you need people on all sides politically who agree that this is a horrific thing. And I think most people actually do. And don't defend it. If somebody that you is on your political side is supporting it, you can't. You can't support this. This is the Pastor Scott Show, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Does it bother you that the world is this evil? Does it bother you that there are just tremendous crimes, you know, I was about to say crimes against humanity, but that is what it is. I mean, we've had uh, for especially the last uh, several decades, a couple hundred years, just horrendous, horrendous crimes against humanity. What we saw in the communist takeover of uh, in China, the communist resolution, uh, revolution, and the horrendous crimes that happened there. You know that they developed the idea of not just killing their their enemies, and their enemies were people who didn't agree with them. Their enemies were people who who didn't agree with the anti-family, anti-human um, approach to so many things. They bury them alive. That was the that was the way of executing people. You find with evil regimes that in history that they find ways to execute people. They become uh, very good at it. The Romans developed crucifixion, right? Maybe the the most brutal way of killing a person. Maybe that's why Jesus came when he came, because he had to suffer so badly for our sin. It had to be part of the story. It couldn't have come. He couldn't have come now and you know had a lethal injection, you know, which mentally you're suffering and it's a terrible thing. And I'm sure that's an awful thing to go through if you're going through it. Uh, but you'd rather have that than crucifixion, wouldn't you? Sure you would. Uh, he had to come and suffer. We had uh, the wars that we fight. You know, World War I uh, was, I had a history professor in college, UC Riverside. He described World War I as an experiment of how to brutally kill people. And that was the purpose of the war. You know, that was his, you know, obviously there were reasons for that war and stuff. But ultimately, when you have the mustard gas and you have the the trench warfare and the new weaponry and so many things developed that were new ideas to kill people. And then, of course, World War II, you've got the uh, nuclear bomb being uh, dropped. Uh, Oppenheimer, haven't seen that movie. Don't know if it's good or bad one way or the other. But I've heard it's just disturbing because at the end of the day, 
And most people would say if you go back in time to that period of time, it would be difficult to argue that Truman shouldn't have dropped the bomb, and people can have that argument. You can go to the Truman Library in Missouri, I've been there, and you can actually be a part of that conversation. There's a whole room where you argue all the different sides as to whether or not Truman should have done that. Um, but whatever the case is, it's horrific. We unleashed a a weapon now that has defined us ever since then, and it's, it is a terrible thing. This is, this is real life, and, you know, the, the thing is is that we have hope in Jesus Christ that this ends, right? Because if you don't have Christ, if there's no Christ, then the way it ends is, yeah, we blow each other up, and that's it, one day. Or one day, long enough, we wait long enough, the sun's going to explode and destroy the universe uh, or destroy the solar system anyway. That is the hope that science offers if there's only science and nothing else. And that's kind of terrible, right? You can't hope in that. You've got to have hope in something else, hope in something that is true. I think we have that in our heart. And if all this stuff disturbs you, this is why you get on fire about your faith. Because we have Jesus Christ. We have the hope of the world. We have, we have the answer that people are looking for. Do you realize that? People say, I'm not looking for that answer. No, don't tell me about your Jesus. Can I share this with you? That when people say that, they probably don't know the biblical Jesus. Because the people who know the biblical Jesus, the people who understand that the teaching of Christianity is that you're saved by faith, that you're saved by grace, that it's unmerited favor, that God loved the world, that he sent Jesus to live the perfect life that you're trying to live, that everybody's tried to live, that that everything gets resolved, religion, philosophy, and Jesus Christ. It's very simple, and that anybody who believes can be saved, and you have everlasting life where there's no more sickness, no more death, no more tears, no more sorrow, no more cancer, no more COVID, no more masks. I promise you, there will not be masks in heaven. They really should wear the mask. No, there will not be masks in heaven. There's no reason for it. There's no sickness. There's, there's not even the fear of sickness. You see, people who understand that, people who understand what Christianity really is, even if they don't believe, that person will say, I wish that were true, though. Right? That person will, will come to the conclusion, if you really understand the biblical Jesus and the lesson that is taught through Scripture, that, that person being honest, if they deny it, will we'll follow it up with, but I wish that were true. I wish it were true that Jesus died for all of the evil in the world, that all of the evil in the world will end one day, that everything will be back. See, that is true. That's what you have as a believer, that this is true that this is actually true, that this isn't some fairy tale, that this isn't something that is um, just for your own personal benefit. I think that's what a lot of a lot of struggle is, right? Jesus becomes for you if you're hurting, or Jesus becomes for you, you know, to, so that you have a better life now. And Jesus is for you if he fits your, your politics. And there are people on the left and the right who claim Jesus, right? There are people who will uh, claim Jesus is some kind of uh, Republican or Jesus is some kind of Democrat or Jesus is some kind of whatever. And it is an incredible thing. But if you think that, then you're excluding um, everybody who Jesus really came for, because he came for everybody. Everybody's political ideology is going to fail. Do you know that? You can, you can get that in the book of Revelation. Eventually, Babylon and all of the world, all of the systems of the world, it all fails. So whatever the best way of doing life is in this fallen world, it's still not going to work. It will fail. The good news is it gets replaced by Jesus Christ and the kingdom of God. 
don't shy away from the evil in this world because you have the light to shine in that darkness and to end it. And don't let people tell you that it's not happening when it is. Now, maybe they're going to tell you that something's happening that's not. So, you know, do your your due diligence and go find out. But part of the evil in this world is we lie to each other. We don't report things that are true. We report things for clicks or we report things for political agendas or other things. You can discover what's really true or not. Don't be afraid of the evil in this world. Instead, realize that you have the light of Christ, that you're the light of the world and that God has placed you in the world with people around you to show that light too. Your job is not to show the light to everybody because you can't, but it is your job to show that light to the handful of people that God has placed around you and do that with joy and live for Jesus and just do what it is that you think God wants you to do. Make sure that that's biblical. Otherwise, it's not something God wants you to do. Read your Bible, study it, learn with somebody else and do all of that. And then when you see the evil in this world, don't ignore it, but be heartbroken but also be hopeful that Jesus died because of that, and you have that message, which is good news to the world. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk about some other kinds of uh, news, a couple of fires that you should be aware of in the world today, and um, President Biden labeled something the ninth wonder of the world. Uh, what is that? And he skipped the eighth. There's really only seven wonders of the world. If there, you know, What do you think is a, a wonder of the world? I think I'll ask you that when we come back. 888-528-2557 is the number. 888-528-2557. Pastor Scott Show will be back as the Wednesday edition continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. I was listening to a speech that President Biden made the other day, and he made a comment, uh, not unusual, that something he says, you know, makes the news for uh, uh, the, the interesting angle of it. This is what he said outside of the Grand Canyon. The Grand Canyon, one of the Earth's nine wonders, wonders of the world. What's wrong with that? Well, what's wrong with that is that uh, I think, you know, uh, there's seven wonders of the world, like officially. Okay, that's kind of the phrase. And he skipped one. He skipped. Uh, he said that there is. It's the ninth wonder of the world. The Grand Canyon, one of the Earth's nine wonders, wonders of the world. Now, literally, literally, think of that. Think of that. You know, so it's amazing. It is amazing. But I started thinking. Okay, there's seven wonders of the world. I'll tell you what those are, like officially, in a second. Uh, but he skipped eighth. And I'm wondering what the eighth is. If the Grand Canyon is ninth, what's number eight? So I thought maybe I'd ask you, of the places that you've been to or places that you have would like to see, or maybe just something that you think about or or a place that you've been, it doesn't have to necessarily be, you know, grandiose, but something that to you, you are just in awe, maybe in awe of God's creation. You know, the Grand Canyon is a natural place. Uh you know, you just become in awe. It's something remarkable to see that. Uh, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. What is your eighth wonder of the world? Wilbert, you got an eighth wonder of the world? Look, Sky, I grew up in L.A., right? Yeah. So if you come to L.A., there's one thing you have to go see, Randy's Donuts. Randy's Donuts. Randy's Donuts, the eighth wonder of the world. I think that's probably, uh, you know, right? Donuts. 
It's got the big sign, the big donut. I mean, that freeway ambiance. All of that. You can see it right from the freeway. Randy's Donuts. All right, that's the, that's Wilbert's eighth wonder of the world. What's your eighth wonder of the world? Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. I'll tell you why you get you got to go to eight. So there's two ways that that this gets looked at. Uh, there is the seven wonders of the ancient world, and the reason they classify it that way is because there most of these you can't go see anymore. They're gone, but there are there's drawings or stories about them. Okay, so the one that you can go see is the Great Pyramid of Giza in Egypt. You've seen the pictures, the three little pyramids, but the big one, the Great Pyramid, uh, that's the only remaining wonder. They think it was constructed around 2560 B.C. And uh, it's interesting that I'm reading this article and says B.C. and not B.C.E., but that's because B.C.E. is pretty new, and everybody in the world said B.C. not too long ago. But So it's 5,000 years old or thereabouts. They could be off, you know, by some... Um, but you can understand that. I mean, that's amazing. They still don't know how they built those things with the, the accuracy. You know, they can assume millions of slaves. Many people think uh, Hebrew slaves built those things. Regardless, uh, it's a remarkable accomplishment. All right. The Hanging Gardens of Babylon. That's in Iraq. Also not there, but the way it's described. Is, and this was something that Saddam Hussein was going to try to rebuild. Remember that guy before uh, his demise? Um, he was trying to bring back some of the the awe of ancient Babylon, and he wanted to rebuild this. The Hanging Gardens of Babylon, it was an elaborate terraced garden with lush vegetation and uh, was built in the ancient city of Babylon. The statue of Zeus at Olympia in Greece, that's not there anymore, but there used to be a giant statue of the Greek god Zeus and it was huge. The way it sounds, when I read about that, it reminded me of probably the size of the Abraham Lincoln in the Lincoln Memorial. I might put the Lincoln Memorial as my eighth wonder of the world. Have you been there? Have you been to the Lincoln Memorial? It's amazing. If you go to Washington, D.C., here's, a, here's something that somebody gave me this tip, and I was so glad that they did. Go at night. Go to the 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 um, the uh, the memorials do all of it at night because they're lit up in a certain way and it just has this you know awe to it that's different to do it at night i've seen them during the day but when you see it at night it's a different thing i realize that uh, washington dc might be the myrtle capital of the world but usually that's not happening on the uh, the mall and uh it's it's safe it's amazing you know that might be there that that might be one of them uh, for me in a, in a modern one. But in the ancient ones, it was the statue of Zeus um, there. The Temple of Artemis at Ephesus in Turkey. And it was a grand temple dedicated to the goddess Artemis, famous for its size and decorative features, and probably was still there even in biblical times. Uh, temple of Diana, I think, is the same place. It's the Roman god Diana, Greek god Artemis, I think is how that works. Somebody can correct me if I'm if I'm wrong. And it's it's important even for the the story of Scripture, when you read the book of Ephesians, it's important to realize that that temple would have been there and to understand that, you know, when Paul is writing that letter and he's writing it to the people of Ephesus, you know, what was going on in there was very unholy, and that's what you came to Ephesus to do, okay? There were temple prostitutes, and you that's that's what worship was, and I'll let you fill in the blanks with all of that. And, you know, when when you're described as God, he, he describes you as God's artistry. It's an interesting thing because people in Ephesus used to carve and sell little uh, Artemises or little, little Dianas. 
And they would carve this God and then sell it to other people. But Paul turns that around and God carved you. Uh, God made you. It's a really interesting thing to consider what would have been, what those people would have seen. They would have seen this incredible temple with, you know, that certainly it's a wonder of the world because you wonder how did they do that? Uh, But they did, but it impacts culture. Uh, the mausoleum at uh, Halicarnassus, I think I say it, in Turkey. It's an impressive tomb uh, built for King Mazulus, and it had intricate sculptures and architecture. I've seen a drawing of what they think. It's just a huge mausoleum for, for one guy. The Colossus at Rhodes in Greece, a massive statue of the sun god Helios that once stood at the entrance of uh, the harbor. And uh, the lighthouse at Alexandria, Egypt, towering lighthouse. It was meant, it was supposedly just huge that would guard people into the port of Alexandria. And people are just amazed at these things. Um, and that's what, that's what the, if you ever hear the seven wonders of the, the world, that's the original one. You know, how did they do it? They don't even know how they made that stuff. The more modern times, and we're asking what's the eighth wonder of the world uh, after uh, President Biden labeled the Grand Canyon as number nine. The Grand Canyon, one of the Earth's nine wonders, wonders of the world, literally. Think of that. You know, it's amazing. He, he's getting all kinds of grief about that. Uh, but you know what? There's lots of people who will say, well, that's the eighth wonder of the world. And some people have said that about the Grand Canyon, just to give, you know, a little bit of credit there. It's, it's an amazing thing. Some people also said that about the Houston Astrodome. It was the eighth wonder of the world. That's how they uh, announced it. And now if you look at the Astrodome next to uh, the stadium they built next to it in the parking lot, it's the new stadium dwarfs the Astrodome. The Astrodome, I think they might have even blown that up since I was there. Is it still there, Wilbur? Did they blow up the Astrodome? Do you know? He's going to look that up. But there used to be uh, the new stadium, the new football stadium next to it was enormous. You couldn't believe it. Uh, Sorry. So the current seven wonders of the world are the Great Wall of China. All right. uh, Petra. It's demolished. Yeah, I thought they blew it up. They blew up the Astrodome. Uh, Petra in Jordan. You know what Petra is? Petra is an ancient city that's carved into the cliffs of southern Jordan. And if you've seen it, it is in the movie Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade. At the end of that movie, that's where they go in. And in that movie, they're looking for uh, uh, the Holy Grail, which is not a real story, by the way. There is no Holy Grail, but it's the myth that they talk about in that movie. And uh, that's where they find it in there. Did I spoil that movie for you? It's an old movie, but you know, maybe you just went and saw one of the more recent Indiana Jones. I've not seen it. Uh, you're seeing the rest of it. Sorry for spoiling that for you, but uh, that's where that is. So if you, if you watch that movie and you see that, uh, it's a real place. It's not a set. It's an incredible – now, the inside of it is a set. That's not, that's not what it is. But what you see carved in the rock, and it's, it's amazing. Number three is Christ the Redeemer, which is the statue in Brazil, a massive statue of Jesus Christ overlooking Rio de Janeiro. And you've probably seen that. It's the huge statue with Jesus with his arms uh, stretched out. Uh, Machu Picchu in Peru. It's an ancient Incan citadel situated in the Andes Mountains. Also incredible. You can go see that. Uh, Chichen Itza in Mexico, another, uh, it's a Mayan archaeological site with pyramids and temples. I'd like to go there and see that. The Roman Colosseum. Many of you have seen that. I have not been there. I'd love to go see it, but uh, it's considered one of the seven wonders of the world. And the Taj Mahal in India, that would be the other one. It's a mausoleum also. Uh, we like uh, we like death and uh, phony baloney gods, apparently, in our, in our, uh, our wonders of the world. 
Anyway, I think that there's a, a lot to see in the world. Can I just tell you what I think one of the greatest wonders of the world is? It is, and we get to enjoy this here in Southern California, is the sunset. I just think the colors and the impact that that makes, and it's just something that God made. He had to spend some time thinking about that, I think, and thinking about what humans would do. And you know what I think is great? Go out to the beach or go someplace where people are watching it on a hill or something somewhere. And right when it starts to go into the water or it starts to go down behind the hill, if you're someplace where people gather to watch it, the beach or some other place, there's so many people around. At that moment, you have this sort of peace and tranquility and people get quieter and quieter as they watch it. It is incredible. I think about that and I think, you know, what is it? that is going to be so wonderful about heaven, uh, about the new heaven and the new earth. How is it going to work? What is it that's going to uh, just shock us all the time? There's going to be more than seven wonders of that world, I suspect. I think there will be many, many, many. Of course, Jesus will be the wonder, and I understand that. Um, but I think it's something that you know, maybe you don't think about it, um, or maybe you think about you know, going there and being healed or other stuff, but you're going to have a life. You know, the the destiny for the believer is new heaven and new earth, right? That you're going to live somewhere, you're going to have something to do, and you're going to be able to do all that without suffering or disease or death or hardship. I think it's going to be a place of profound beauty and profound joy. That's heaven. Something to look forward to. All right, this is the Pastor Scott Show. i got to take a break. The number, if you want to join the conversation, is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Are you worried about fires in the Southland with all of the brush? Uh, maybe we're going to have that come up uh, pretty soon. We'll talk about that and uh, just be aware of some things going on as the Pastor Scott Show continues in a moment. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. As of right now, 12 schools are closed today and multiple bus routes have been impacted. Plus, 911 service in West Maui is not available. That's a news report from a Hawaiian news station, fast-moving wildfires. I don't know if you've seen the pictures of these things. On the island of Maui have killed six people and forced the evacuation of over 2,000 people. And uh, it's a it's just a sad scene out there. So we want to pray for everybody in Maui and just keep the, them in your prayers. The Coast Guard is rescuing people in the ocean. So what's happening is the the wind is blowing these flames and people just have nowhere to go. I mean, you're on an island. Where are you going to go? They're, they're going in the water. So that's a terrifying situation there. And uh, hopefully they will get that taken care of here. But it's uh, it's a bad thing. So pray for people. We, we don't hear a lot, you know, about that kind of thing happening over there in Hawaii, but pray for churches and uh, believers there who are going to be, obviously, some people uh, are going to be displaced themselves, but uh, also they're going to be asked to help. There's going to be a lot of cleanup. Uh, fire season is beginning here also in Southern California. In Ramona, there's a fire right now. Right now in Ramona, Cal Fire crews are responding to a brush fire. Crews say that fire is now up to 103 acres with a dangerous rate of spread. And an evacuation order is now in place for those who live in this area. So if you're in uh, that part, uh, northeastern uh, San Diego County, 
County. Is it San Diego County or is that still in, is that already in Riverside County? It might be Riverside County. Uh, I think it's San Diego County, but Riverside County is going to be affected. San Bernardino. I think we're going to get a lot of fires uh, this year. I hope not. I hope that doesn't happen. But there's so much brush because of all the rain that we had. You can had. see the big plume of smoke that this fire they're calling the Bunny Fire um, is putting out in Ramona. Yeah, it's called the Bunny Fire. I find that to be a little bit unfortunate of the name. And why is it the Bunny Fire? Did a rabbit start this thing? You know, some kind of, but uh, it's because there's a road out there called Bunny Road, and that's where it got started. So that's, that's how they're naming it. That Energizer Bunny. That Energizer Bunny. Finally, he just exploded and started the fire. All right. Well, uh, 888-528-2557. Before the break, we we're asking, what do you think is the eighth wonder of the world? Like, what would you consider that to be? Uh, Tagui? Is that how you say your name? Yes. Yes, Tagui. Hi, Tagui. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Uh, Pastor I want to say thank you for your show, number one. Thank I you. really enjoy AI, learn a lot. Thank you so much. I'm glad. I appreciate that. And to me, the best wonder of the world is my home. It starts from my home. And most important, my motherland, my country, where I was born and raised. Because when I go there, I feel like I'm in heaven. Where were you born and Regardless raised? Regardless of how I'm, I'm from Armenia. Armenia, okay. Yeah. And the thing is, I was talking before talking to one of your reps, and I said, when I took my son first time to my motherland, he told me that he felt like his home. He didn't even feel a little bit of, like, difference thinking of he's in a different country. And when he was walking home from a party with his friends, uh-huh. three o'clock in the morning, he told me, Mom, I didn't look around. I didn't look behind. I was just comfortably walking on the street back to a hotel. Hmm. That was amazing. And he told me, like, everything was so close to his heart, even though he grew up in here. He served in Marine for eight years. But still, the motherland was really close to his Still heart. close to him. Well, you know what? That's uh, a lot of people uh, from Armenia feel that way. And uh, I think, uh, what's what? have you been there? Yes. Did you grow and up there? With, yes, I do. I did grow up over there. And with God's will, we're going to go visit my country again on September 11th. And I'm taking my younger son with his wife to show the places where we grew up and uh, everything. Oh, good for you. That's going to be a great trip. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for sharing that here on the Pastor Scott Show. Appreciate that, and thank you for for listening. You know, I think that when we think about, you know, the wonders of the world, we're thinking of, you know, great natural, you know, uh, things like uh, the Grand Canyon or whatever, but we're also thinking about things that mean something very personal to us, like where we're from. And I think that's great. I think that's really great. I think that uh, there is a sentimentalness, sentimentalness that as people in the image of God, I think God also has, right? I think that's something that we're going to be able to share with each other in eternity. And uh, uh, I think, or we'll build new ones. Maybe we won't remember, but uh, I think we will. I think we'll have some kind of uh, notion about that. This is the Pastor Scott Show, 888 528 
There is a event I want to let you know about. The Impact 23 Pastors Conference is coming up. And if you're a pastor or ministry leader and you're listening, uh, please come to that. You can go to kkla.com. You can sign up for that now. It's $5, but your proceeds, all the proceeds go to benefit the Union Rescue Mission. And uh, you can uh, go to kkla.com to sign up, sign up uh, your staff and other people. I was asked for... uh, you know, what are my top five things I'm excited for about this pastor's conference? And one of them is, number one, these aren't any particular order of importance, uh, but I I would say that number one is free breakfast. There's a free continental breakfast, and I'm excited about that breakfast already. It's coming up, uh, I don't know if they're going to have Randy's Donuts, the eighth wonder of the world, according to Wilbert, but uh, they're going to have something there. And uh, by the way, it's Thursday, September 21st. And I'm telling you about it because pastors and ministry staff, I want you to go. Uh, We're going to have a good time. We're going to get to see each other. And these kinds of things, I know that maybe we get eager to skip them, uh, but don't. All right. So the number one thing I'm looking forward to, not number one in order of importance, but yeah, I am. I'm looking forward to it. There's a breakfast. Uh, Number two, there's also a lunch. So I'm also looking forward to that lunch. I don't know what it's going to be, but I'm anticipating it already. Is it like Chick-fil-A box lunch? Uh, maybe we're going to have Randy's Donuts for lunch also. It is a it is a pastor's conference, I'm sorry to say. So, uh, you know. Um, number three, and a lot more serious, is uh, we're going to have great speakers and table discussions. So the keynote speakers are uh, Dr. Robert Jeffress. He'll be there, Pathway to Victory. You hear him on this station. And Steve Arterburn also. Uh, New Life Live, and uh, Dennis Prager. I'll be interviewing Dennis Prager. We're going to talk about um, Moses and leadership lessons that you can get from Moses, which which everybody can learn from. You know, Moses is this story. You know, whenever you're reading the story, it's not just about what that person accomplished. That's obviously a big part of it. But God, through all these Bible uh, stories, is telling us things through these people that we can apply to our lives. And uh, Dennis has some interesting and maybe different insight uh, to that. He's not a believer. I don't know if you know that. He's a conservative Jew, and uh, but he's been writing commentaries on the Old Testament, so we thought there's some insight that he's going to be able to give us uh, for that. So I'm looking forward to that. Plus, there are table leaders, different local pastors who will be there and uh, to uh, talk us through some stuff. So I think that'll be good. Also, uh, great exhibits and ideas. Whenever I go to these things, I learn stuff and I steal ideas from other pastors and they steal them from me. It works out really great for the kingdom of God and also great fellowship and support. You know, if you're if you're checking out, you know, think about this for a minute. If you're not a pastor or ministry leader and you're saying, well, I can't go to that, make sure that your pastor at your church knows about it and your ministry staff that he can bring the people who are ministry leaders. Um, and, you know, it's an opportunity to get to know other pastors, to get to know other pastors who have uh, different denominations, who come from different backgrounds, who um, come from different parts of Southern California, and we learn a lot from each other. And the fellowship, the prayer, the encouragement, all of that is important. And if I can remind you, speaking as somebody who has been a pastor for 25 years, your pastor needs prayer. And different churches handle this differently, right? There's a, there's a culture that every any organization has. Sometimes there's a feeling that your pastor might have that he can't share struggles that he has. He can't share, you know, maybe a difficulty or an insecurity. Maybe you're a leader in your your company. You know, maybe you don't. You're the CEO and you don't want to share. Hey, I get up and I worry about this company all the time. Or maybe you just lead, you know, a certain number of people over at the Walmart where you work, and you know, you you have insecurities. And so pastors do too. They're people. Um, there's 
sometimes they find themselves in a situation where they can't share or they feel like they can't share. Sometimes it's not true, right? Sometimes that they really could share and the congregation would be fine with it. Sometimes a congregation, you know, has some growing to do and uh, they wouldn't. A friend of mine uh, is a pastor and uh, he is an older guy. He had a stroke on a Sunday morning. It's a really small church. He had a stroke Sunday morning, so he didn't show up. So church didn't happen, as you can imagine, like it normally would, because the pastor didn't show up. Well, it was a minor stroke, went to the hospital, got checked out, everything was fine. I think he was back the very next week and uh, said, hey, I'm sorry uh, for uh, not being here, had a stroke. And some lady came up to him and said, you know, I think our congregation has really grown spiritually since you've been here. And he said, oh, really? Why? And she said, because I think a few years ago, if you had had a stroke, we would not have put up with that. And she meant it. She meant if you're going to have a stroke, Pastor, you need to have it on Monday, not on Sunday. That's what she (laughs) meant. And, uh, you know, some pastors are in that situation. You got to pray for them, you know, because we have to, we, our job is to to love everybody, even some who get under our skins. And uh, that can be hard. So, Invite your pastor. Go to kkla.com. There is a banner right on the front that says Impact 23 Pastors Conference. You can click on that. You can sign up if you're a ministry leader or a pastor, or you can grab the link and send it to your ministry leader or pastor and make sure they go. September 21st, 8 in the morning to 1.30. That's why breakfast and lunch is provided. It's $5, although I think there's a $5 coupon somewhere on there, but the $5 goes to the Union Rescue Mission, and uh, we'd love to have you come. All right, Pastor Scott Show will be back tomorrow from 3 to 5. God bless. Have a great night.